God. Amen. Let's all take a deep breath. Just blow out everything that is not of God and just breathe in God right now. I'm going to ask Dr. James to come up and introduce our speaker for this afternoon. Pastor Ava Green Cameron. I don't know if she has gotten used to that title as yet, as pastor. She was ordained in um, February of this year, her and her husband. But, um, you know, it, it is so amazing. I didn't know Ava, but she was moving down from New York to Dallas. And a friend of mine, and if my memory serves me correctly, that friend had never met her either. She only heard about her. But that friend told me that she was moving down to Dallas and she wanted us to meet. Well, it didn't happen at that time, but as God orchestrated it, we met on the prayer line. And then the rest is history. So God is, he's so awesome. I mean, we just can't figure him out. We just don't know where he is leading. But what we have to do is to be available to what he's doing. So currently, Ava and her husband pastors New Life Horizon Church in Dallas. And um, they are partners with Home. And God be Make me an offering, make me whatever 
You want me to be. You sang that song, right? Are you ready for him to make you into what he wants you to be? He says, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, make new wine out of me. Have you ever seen them crushing the, the, the grapes? They crush it. And they're not crushing it as if they're saying, oh, it is so tender. They're crushing it. And they are pressing. And so when you sing that song, you're saying to God, make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. But all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Then it says, where there is new wine, there is new power. New freedom, the kingdom is here. I laid on my old flames. So all that you could have done yesterday and today. He's saying, when I make you into a new vessel, the old flames are no longer good because I am bringing about a new fire today. So all that you did before, irrelevant. Because when he crushes and he presses, he makes you into what he wants you to do. And so we're going to do that song again. Now we're going to sing. And if you don't mean it, don't open your mouth. Because when he comes, you can't say, God, I'm not ready. God, I'm not ready. I, I didn't sign up for this. You want power? You want authority? It comes with pressing and crushing. It's not, it's not something light. Make me a vessel. I'm waiting on the director. Think about the words. Read them. Don't, don't read them carefully because it's also a song of surrender. Yes. Yes. Read the words carefully. Yes. New wine. Not old, going old wine skin. So this is going to require change.
And I started to work it, I started to look at it, I started to observe, started to make my notes, the way that I was taught to do it. Come up with my claims and then I support my claims and all of those things. And I did a paper and I felt like the Lord said, that's not it. And I took it and I reworked it. And I felt like the Lord said, that's not it. And so I came here with this. And I, if I don't look at it, I don't know. I, I, I came up with it. Just said, Lord, where I see you're going because you're saying new wine, new power, new freedom. I am bound. I'm, I was bound to using notes. Because you know what? I struggled with the fear and the insecurity of not being able to do it. I struggled with my own voice for, my, for partially a, a good part of my life. My voice was too deep. And for me even to stand here and sing before you, even making new wine. And so I say to myself, Lord, whatever you're doing, I don't have a clue where you're going. But I'm willing to go because I know with new wine comes new freedom. New power. And we want the power, we want the freedom, but we're not willing to be crushed and to be pressed. And so if I stand before you and I mumble jumble, I am being pressed and I'm being crushed. And I'm offering myself to the Lord. I may not be good enough to for what you want to hear, but by my stand today, I'm saying to the God, to God, here I am. Crush me and press me until you can see yourself. Crush me and press me until you are satisfied. And so the scripture we're supposed to be looking at today is Mark 4. Mark 4 from verse 31. And it goes on to 35. And I'll be reading from the NIV version. When you're there, let me know. I would love for us to stand together. And just to read the story. When you're there, let me know.
Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? came up and the wave broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You may have a seat. The background of this text is that Jesus had, was spending his time with his disciples and with the crowd and he was teaching them about the kingdom and he was, he was performing miracles upon miracles. We saw where the leper was healed, the man who was with leprosy was healed, if you go back to the, from Mark, Mark 1. And so Jesus, when he was teaching, when, when the crowd came around him, he went into a boat and he sat down. And after speaking about the, the, the soil and the, the different seeds, the mustard seed, and, and, and the, the disciples asked him to, to explain to them the parable. He took them away and he explained about the soil, the seed planting on the rocky soil and what it does, and he explained. But as, it's, as we just read, he said it was evening. So Jesus was more than likely exhausted from this entire day of teaching and the crowd pulling at him and thinking, think about it, an entire day around crowd, you're, you're drained. And he was already sitting in the boat and he said to the two your disciples, let us go over to the other side. When I looked at that, I recognized one thing that stood out to me. It was not the disciples who suggested to Jesus, let us go over. It was Jesus who said to them, let us go over to the other side. And depending on the, the, if the, there's an account in, Ma, in Matthew 8 and there's an account in Luke 8, 8 and they talk about the, the, the lake being the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was known for having violent, sudden storms that would come because it, they had the hills and the mountains on either side and it was like a wind tunnel. So when the wind came in, it was like, imagine your washing machine churning a thousand times stronger. That was how violent it was. And so they were on the, he, he took them over to that lake because he knew what he wanted to do. But what I also recognize that in verse 39 it says, he le leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And I realized that there are times that the Lord wants to work in you and he wants to work in me and he has to take us away from the crowd. Because in the crowd, that's when we wear the mask. Thank you for the mask exercise. Because in the crowd, we wear the mask. 
And the truth don't come out because we know how to pretend in the crowd. We know how to behave in the crowd. We know how to be Christians in the crowd on a Sunday morning. We know, right? We know how to be. We know how to behave. You run, but I know to squeeze it in. But when Jesus wants to teach you, he'll take you out of the crowd to teach you. And so he took them away from the crowd. And although the boats and the crowd followed, they did not have a clue what was happening in the boat that Jesus was in, that you are in. A furious squall, it says, and depending again on the translation, it says a storm. And we know that a storm coming out of Jamaica, and even here in Texas. So when I hear that Texas is having a storm, I feel no way. Because Texas storm is no storm to Jamaica storm. <laughs> Texas storm, storm cannot even touch the Jamaica storm where your roof is gone. When I hear about Texas storm, I say, okay, we're going to have some rain, a little thunder and lightning. Maybe a little hail, depending on it. And that's it. In Jamaica, you're guaranteed to lose light and water. And you're going to have to be buying food to stock up, canned things to stock up. But I recognize that with this storm, it came suddenly. And then I thought, but I said, Andrew, James, John, and Peter were fishermen. They were seasoned fishermen. Because in, 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 in Mark 4, verse one, um, 16 and 19, you see where Jesus was calling them. They were fishing when he called them to follow him. So these were fishermen who would have fished on the lake. So make a mental note. They would have known what it was to fish on the Sea of Galilee. They would have known that it was prone to having storms. Maybe they were already in a couple of storms. Who knows? They were there on the boat before. And they, they experienced a couple of storms. What I also noticed is that Jesus, that when the storm came, the waves were breaking over the boat. And they felt as if they were going to drown. And sometimes you and I, when our storms come, we feel like if we're going to drown, eh? Because we're saying, God, we can't live through this. This is too much, it's unbearable, I can't. There are certain conditions that a storm will meet. A storm, as I said, is unavoidable, it's inevitable. When Texas is going to get a storm, we don't get a warning long in advance. You may hear your amber alert going off. And you hear that we're going to have a storm. You're not warned three days in advance, two days in advance. And as good as the weatherman may think he is. Sometimes they're wrong. So a storm comes when we least expect it. We cannot time it. A storm comes at a point in our life when we, are, we feel that we are in control. And it comes to relieve you of your control issues. Because when it comes, you don't know how it's going to come. Is it going to come from the north? Is it going to come from the south? Is it going to take my window off? Is it going to take my roof off? You don't know. Is it going to have, are we going to have flooding? Is it going to be a storm that comes down in thunder and lightning? Or are we going to have hail, which also does damage? So storms also attach themselves to other mini storms to change your lives. What I also recognize is that storms come, the storms you go through now or you went through before prepare you for the storm they're going to go through now and the storms later. 
So in Jamaica, when we had like a Hurricane Gilbert, we had a we had storm by name. Well, you know, in Jamaica or in the Caribbean, the storms have a name. So they start from A to Z. We had a storm called Gilbert, and when Gilbert came, Gilbert did so much damage. <coughs> but having been through Gilbert, you're aware of our storm is. And you know that when a storm comes, you may lose your roof, you're gonna lose light, you're not gonna have water. So a gallon bottle of water you take twice, that can give you two showers. Right? And you don't waste water. And so you learn from the experience of having a storm. And so I, I, as I was sharing with um, Frida last night, I said, when I gave birth to my son, I heard I was going to have contractions. I didn't know what they felt like. I didn't know how long they would last. I know that I was required to push. I did not know what it feel, feel like to push, but I heard. And having been through that, when I was giving birth to my daughter, I knew that these contractions could not last forever. I knew how to bear down and push. I knew things now because I've experienced it before. And so the storm that you're going through now, the Lord is saying to you, I am going to use it. So take a mental note because they are going to take you to where you're going to go. And you're going to know that the next time the enemy comes. I have been through that storm before. So don't come up in here. Don't come here because I have been through that before. Jesus uses the storms to teach us. And I recognize that as the, as, the, as, as the disciples were going through the storms, I can imagine the different emotion that they would have had. Depending on the personality, some would have been bailing out the water. The, one, the, the, the controlling ones would be bailing out the water, trying to ensure that the boat don't sink. But do you think you can bail out enough water from out water that is coming down to cause a boat not to sink? You can't stop the storm by bailing out water. You can't stop the storm by being controlling. Think about those who are, who, who are timid and struggle from self-pity. They would have been clinging onto the side of the boat, right? But you can't cling onto the boat to cause the boat not to drown. It's actually going to go down with the boat the more you cling. But what I noticed what Jesus did, Jesus slept in the boat on a cushion when in the midst of the storm. So look at Jesus' response to the storm. He relaxes, he sleeps. He remained. Because why? Because he knew who he was. He knew that he was Lord of the storms. He knew that the storms had no control over him. He knew that he can speak to the storm and he wanted to teach his disciples. When I leave, I want you to speak to storms the way I speak to storms. So when the disciples cry out, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You and I do that at times. We say, Teacher, Jesus, don't you care that I'm in debt? Don't you care that my sister is sick or that I'm sick in my body? Jesus, don't you care that my marriage is breaking up? Don't you care what is happening to me? And we do that because we question God in the midst of the storm. And we say, God, if you really cared when I'm going through this storm, you would never have allowed that to happen to me. You would have never allowed me to be raped. You would have never allowed me to go through divorce. You would have never allowed. If you cared, Jesus, you would have given me a husband. You would have given me a husband if Jesus cared. And you ask him questions like that. If you really cared, you'd have allowed me to pay my debt and I would never be in financial debt with my credit card is over my head. And Jesus would say, I am the one who brings you to the storm. It wasn't the, it wasn't the enemy. 
Look at the scripture again. The disciples didn't do anything wrong because the scripture didn't say that they were disobedient. They were obedient to Jesus. And their obedience brought them to the storm. There are times when God is going to say to you, move to X, do that. And in, in obedience, they're going to come, up, come upon a storm. So when you come upon a storm, it's not always because you're bad. It's not always because you're saying that, oh my God, what did I do? Where did I? I? It's only because of obedience, because he says there are things in you that I have to remove, that I have to bring you through the storm. And so we see them crying out, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And just by hearing what they were crying out, it, it showed their, their, their character. It exposed you to their faith level. Because Jesus didn't ask them, why are you afraid? Only. He said, do you still have no faith? So the way you and I respond to the earth storms dictates our faith. Storms have a way of revealing your faith, revealing your character, revealing your trust level in God. Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet be still. <coughs> then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Ironically, Jesus did not speak to the storm. He spoke to the wind behind the storm. And many times you and I, we have debt. We, we credit card maxed out and we're there praying, praying. We can't pray with credit card debt. We can't pray away something that God is saying to you. There's stuff in you that I am going to bring the debt to you. Why? Because I need to teach you how to spend. You have spent everything you buy, you buy, you buy. And he's, and he's tired of your crying out to him, God, pay my debt when, when we are irresponsible in spending. He's going to allow the credit card to mount upon you until you learn how to spend. So spend that one. You can't cry out enough about a credit card debt when you know that you have overspent. When you know that the thing that you can forego and walk away, you need to be buying and buying and buying because you are in a culture that says if you don't have this, if you don't have two of this, you are in problem. Like a friend of mine told me that she has two sets of everything. She has two sets of dishes. She has two, two sets of knife and fork. And I remembered my friend. I went to her house. And I learned from her because coming from, coming from Jamaica, you want to have your curtain or your drape must match your bed and all of that stupid thing. And I went to this girl's house. She has one sheet and they have no lack. They have no credit card debt. And I took that and I said, you know what? I said to my husband, one sheet. When it is off and washing, the mattress is being aired. Because guess what? I don't need two sheets for the bed. We have a wash and a dryer. As quick as it gets, it's soiled, it can get washed and dried. So watch your closet when you're praying and asking the Lord you need more furniture to put things in that you have bought unnecessarily. Watch it when you're crying out to this because of the storms. God is saying to you, you have spent too much. And then it, it, it could be a situation where you're saying, God, my job, my boss, and he's saying there's something inside of me that I need to fix. It's not because you have been disobedient. I bring you to the storm. I led them to the storm. He said, let us go over. And when he's ready to address the things in you, he will lead you 
to where he wanted to go and he lead them to a storm. You have sickness in the body and you're praying and every, and every opportunity we get to pray, we pray and God is saying, you know why you're not, you're not being healed? You don't trust me. Mm. You find every, every, every doctor known to man, every specialist to go and seek him out. And you're saying, and every opportunity to pray, you pray. You cannot pray away from storms. You have to move by faith. You have to trust me. And then you're saying, God, I have mental issues. My husband don't treat me right. He don't love me. He don't talk to me right. And God is saying, you know why? Because you have spent your life trying to control him when I'm, when I'm teaching you to submit to him. You spend your life praying for your children to be saved. And you say, God, they need saved. Bring salvation to my household. Bring salvation. And God is saying, you know why those children haven't saved? Because you have failed to stand up and to demonstrate my power. So they are going to be there and those are, those are the storms they are going to deal with until you know who you are in me. So it's not because you have been disobedient. It's not because you have sinned, but it's because what you have failed to do. And Jesus will bring us to the storms to teach us what to do. When Jesus came, he did not say, Storm, be still. No. He spoke to the wind. The wind is the force behind the storm moving in a particular direction. What is your storm that you're facing with today? What is your storm? You spend time having arguments with your spouse about what he's not doing and what you want him to become. And God is saying, no, no, no. Speak to that control inside of you that wants to dictate how he, what he does and how he does it. The children not saying, speak to you. Speak to the thing in you. Because as soon as God gets our attention, look at how quickly he moves the storm and say next. Yeah, because the storm prepares you for the next storm. What is it that is happening in your life today that God is saying to you? That I need to move out of your way. You need to move. You need to move. You need to move. Because Jesus is not always going to come. Because what he said to them, he said, he spoke to the wind and the waves. And they obeyed. And you recognize that even with the waves, it was the wind that was behind the waves. There's no waves without wind. So what, why would Jesus have spoken to the wind? It made no sense, right? Did you notice it before? That he never said storm. He said wind. And then he questioned their ability to trust. And to have faith. He knew that if they truly had faith in him. Because think about it. These men were, they were, they were fishermen. Why did they panic today more than they panicked any other time? What about the other men in the boat? Did you, do you think they panicked that much? Then nothing was mentioned about them, so it wasn't important, right? Why are you panicking over your storm now? Why are you panicking? Have you never ever been through stuff before? Have you never had issues before? So why are you panicking no more than you panicked before? What is it that's causing you not to speak to your storm? They were terrified and they asked each other, where is this, even the wind? Who is this, rather? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. 
And so these men were with Jesus and they saw all that he did. Yet they didn't know him. So the storms allow us to know God. God reveals himself to us through the storm. And so sometimes when we're going through the storm, we're quick to rebuke the enemy. Sometimes the enemy has nothing to do with it. Because yeah. God is the Lord over the storms. It is he who allows storms to happen. Actually, the storm, storms are act of nature in the, in the physical. Every storm that you go through, whether it be a physical or an emotional storm, it has a spiritual implication. Whatever God is doing to you and bringing you through and bringing to you, it means that he's saying to you, it's time for you to go through and overcome this. Because when Jesus left, the disciples had to do a lot. They had to speak to sickness. They had to speak and watch the, watch the spirits obeyed. And Jesus is saying to us today, for far too long you have sat and you have claimed your, that you are a believer. But what do we really believe? This weekend we recognize that God has been doing a work in our life where he's calling us to. It's like he's literally removing the dead areas in our life. And he's saying, you have lived with that worm long enough. And I'm exposing it because this is the weekend. And he hasn't exposed everything. So don't think that this weekend you're going to clean up all your mess. Mm -mm. He's peeling onion layers by layers. Because when I came and I shared about my procrastinating spirit. And my sister attached it and said to me, that's pride there lingering. I would never have seen pride with procrastination. So what is attached to yours? Because for every storm, notice when we're having a storm, not only is there rain, there is thunder, there is lightning, there is hail. What is it? What else is there in yours lingering? What else is there that is lingering that God is saying? Today, it, it, this, I'm talking, there's a storm because there's a wave, the wind behind it. But you have other hail and snow. And depending on where you are, you have other conditions happening that I have to address in this. Because we have a way of complaining about how others are, right? We all know a sister or brother who, who is not so right. <laughs> but have, I, have you ever stopped to think that there's a sister or brother praying to the Lord about us who are not so right? Because we may be storms in somebody's life. And I remember a workman when I used to do construction and he said to me, he wasn't saved at the time and he said, I keep my wife on her knees. He had her praying because he would have been such a terrible husband. And he knew what he was doing. He said, I kept her on her knees. But you know what happened? That woman prayed that man into the kingdom. And she suffered and she struggled. And he would say to me, I don't get in the dinner on a Monday because my wife is fasting. And she, if you go home now, she's on the floor on her face. I leave her on, the, on her face and I go back home, she's on her face. Because she was determined that this man... This man who was bringing so much problem to my house was going to be saved. What is your storm? Why is God bringing you through this storm? Why, why are you going through this? Why are you having problems with your finances? You think it's because God don't know how to, to, to that you need, you need X amount of money on a monthly basis? Or is he saying to you, my daughter, learn to spend? You know what? Normally, for every, every time I'm going away on a vacation, I'm probably coming to a retreat, I would need a new blouse. I'm being honest. 
And I was talking to the Lord, and I really needed a new blouse, and the Lord was reminding me, I said, you, you need a new blouse? I was talking to a friend of mine, I was saying, we're, we're joking about it, and I said to her, she has no need, by the way, she has no financial lack. And she said to me, she said, the funny thing, and she's going to Alaska. And she said, I wanted to buy some new clothes, and the Lord said no. She said, she said to me, she said, you know what, when I get to Alaska, nobody would have known if it was a new blouse or not. <laughs> And that is what God is doing. So watch your spending. Watch what you're doing. Watch that control issue. Because a lot of us spend and have a lot of clutter around us. You know why? We grew up in lack. And that demon of lack is manifesting itself now that you're sure. Saying, I will never be in need again. So I'm going to fill my surroundings with all of this. And so you see someone open their garage. And the garage has far more things than a car. Actually, the car still on the outside. Yeah. Watch that. You have too many things. And you can't let go of anything because just in case that you may need it, you're holding on to it. You have never used it for three years, but you still, you may just need it. That's a, that's a spirit. You need to address that. Control manifests itself in different ways. And so when these disciples were asking God, God, do you really care? You have asked him. I have asked him. I remember my, my, my niece, well, she went home on, a, so I think, today, the day that I mixed up, so today Friday. So she'd have gone home like about Tuesday or Monday. And I remembered when we got the news that she had cancer and it was in her chest, in her hip, and she had six tumors in her head. And we're there praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're believing God to heal. And I remembered my niece, she just got, just, back, got back, just got saved and got baptized two weeks before going in to find out that her entire body was riddled. And we were praying together, my niece said to the Lord, she said, God, I have not fulfilled my purpose. She said, you created me with purpose. I have a six-year-old daughter. I said, she said, God, at least allow me to see her live, graduate from high school. She said, God, I have not yet gotten an opportunity to tell people in the church that you, are, that, that you can heal and you are good. Yes. So she was asking God, God, allow me to live so I can tour the world. Or I can go and buy new stuff and more things. She said, God, I want to tell the people in the church that you are still the healer. You are a good God. And so God will bring you and I through the crushing and the pressing to bring new wine. What is it that he's bringing out of you? Stop, stop, stop spending time and quarreling with your neighbor or quarreling with your spouse and your children and your co-worker, your bad boss, your bad mind boss. Stop spending time with them because everything that you're going through, God is allowing it for, God to, for a reason. Even if he uses the enemy and, and he will use the enemy to bring you through the storm. A storm is a trial of any form. Now when it comes, it takes you by surprise. But Jesus is saying to us as believers, be prepared for the storm. Jesus was so prepared that he was sleeping. <laughs> Think about being in an open boat. <coughs> and I'm wondering, how did Jesus sleep? The rain was coming down. He would have been very wet. And he slept through, through that. He would have heard the thunder and seen the lightning, but he still slept. If they never woke him, there was no guarantee at what time 
he may have gotten an eight hour sleep in the middle of the storm. And you and I, we lose sleep in the middle of our storm. We stay up at night and we throw ten temper tantrums and we quarrel with God. We, we say, God, if you really cared about me, I wouldn't have gone through this. If you really, 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 really care about me, I just say you are God. Actually, my daughter said to me, she said, if God is so loving, why would he be allowed a child to be raped? And we ask those questions. Sometimes we don't openly ask it in church. Because God is good all the time. All the time God is good. But the reality is when your storm comes and it takes you away from the crowd where you cannot wear the mask anymore, we're not so nice. We don't remember that the God is good all the time. What storm are you going through right now that God is saying to you, I must deliver you from it. I must teach you to speak to it. Because the storm is not only on an external thing, the storm is also internally. Because a lot of us sitting in this room struggle with rejection. And so ever so often a storm will come that will cause your rejection to come forward. And you have to deal with it. And you have been thinking that you have been dealing with it. And he allowed, and he allows persons to come so ever so often and rob you. If you have ever worked with wood, you'll realize that to get a wood to be smooth, smooth, it takes a lot of sanding. A lot of sand. And you don't sand it with one grain of sandpaper. You change the sandpaper. So you may move from a 240, go down to a 200. Or, I'm sorry, the bigger the number. So you start at 40. 40, the, the, 40, the, the, the smaller the number, the rougher the grain. So you may start at a 40 and you work your way up. By the time you get to a 240, you can rub it on your face. Prior to that, it all splinters. And God is refining you. And he said, I refine you through fire. In John 16, he says, you will have troubles. So it's going to come. He didn't say if. He said, you will have troubles. Actually, Isaiah 43 says, when you walk, through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, I will be with you. And so he did not say, if they happen, I'll be with you. No, no, no. He said, when? When said that it must happen. So what are the things inside of you that God is trying to address and bring you to the forefront for him to bring you to the storm? You go on the road and the man bad drive you? Or what, what would you say in American way, my sister? It wouldn't say bad drive, right? The man cuts you off. Road That's your road rage. What would you say? What do you say? Do you say, oh, bless him, Lord. From a good place. Bless him, Lord. Lord, I just pray for his family. I pray for salvation for his household. You don't, right? You start to quarrel. And that's the true you coming out there. That was a storm. And God is saying, look at how you respond in the storm. So you have anger issue, it comes out in the storm. Insecurity comes out in the storm. Control comes out in the storm. Watch the way you respond when something is happening. And it tells you what God is working on. And it will bring the same situation over and over and over until you get it. The quicker you get over a storm and understand and learn what this storm is bringing to your life, the quicker you're ready for the next storm. 
Because you're going to always have storms. So get that in your, what we say now, Disney. Get that in your brain. Get that in your head, in your cranium. Give me the American word, my sister. Because the more you go through it, as I said, if you have mothers in the room giving, giving birth and you have more than one child, the second pain is not as hot as the first one. The second child comes quicker. The first one is like forever because you're panicking, you're, fear, you're fearful. But the second one, I'm going to do this. What is the storm that God is trying to use to teach you? Because he brings it to you. And, and stop quarreling with, with, with the people around you. There's something why he's allowing this to happen. He's teaching you something. God is teaching me something even by, not, by me not looking at the notes. You know, you, you know how tempted I am to look at the notes? It's nine pages of notes. You know how many, how much work I put in it? And I can't go into it. I have been taught. This is my storm moment of standing here. Amen. And I'm saying, God, make me a vessel that you want me to be. Yeah. That I can allow you to speak through me. So I don't even, all of what I'm saying, I didn't prepare it and plan it. Because this is what I prepared and planned. See it here? So address this. Watch the storms. Watch your response to the storms. God truly cares for you and I. But he won't respond all the time that you call him. He delays his response to, to check you, to test you, to expose you to yourself. Not to you, because he knows what is inside of you. He's exposing you to yourself. And he's saying to you, this is what I need to develop. I want to work in you. I want to do this in you. I heard Sister Violet said today, that until we deal with our past, we can't, we're really not ready for the future. And in reality, a lot of us in this room, we're carrying baggages from five years, three years, two years. We can remember everybody who hurt us. We can remember the details so clear. We can remember this negative word that was spoken to us. So I knew I grew up with a father who, my father, when I was from teenage pregnancy. So my parents were young. And I, I, I remember calling my father earlier this year and I said to him, I can't recall hearing you ever tell me that you love me and I need to hear that today. No. And I knew it was hard for him because he could hear the stuttering. He wasn't accustomed to telling me that he loved me. And then he said, I, I, I love you, my daughter. And I said, say it again. Say it until my spirit receives it. <laughs> because I know I needed it. I know that I was empty and my bank needed it. And he said it, and I said to him, you know what, going forward, I need to hear it every day. Because I'm going to get accustomed to hearing it, and you're going to get accustomed to saying it. Amen. My sister called me the other day, and she said, my father texts me. And she said, he texts me, and he said, I love you. She said, it took me two hours, she said, it took her two hours to respond. And so what we did, we chose, so I chose my first husband, I chose him based off what I needed. I needed someone to love me. And we walk around leaking, 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 and we saying, here, here, love me, love me. And God, and, and here this man comes as a storm in your life because he cannot love you the way you need to be loved because God is saying to you, I need you first to love you. Because we attract who we are. 
when we are damaged and broken, we attract damaged and broken things. And you wonder why your friends are always hurting you? Because your friend is just as damaged as you are, and you attracted her. And when you get to that place where God can bring someone into your life, whether it be a friend, a spouse, or whomever, I'm talking to you because you are the only one. You are young and you are going to get married. You attract who you are, Priscilla. I said, if you are not whole, you are going to attract a man who is not whole. And then what he does, he does more damage. And he didn't intend to hurt you. But he comes because you attracted him that way. Like, you, have you ever been in a classroom where you hear a teacher, a child say, Me, teacher, me, teacher, every question asks, Me, teacher, wanting attention. Is that the answer that they have all the time? Is a child crying out for attention? Am I wrong? And sometimes that's how we are. We feel lonely and we walk around, and the loneliness is spewing all over us. Everywhere you see us, you can see it. We have self pity, and every conversation you're in, you, people can know that you have an issue with self pity. And God said, I'll bring storm to your life to heal you. Because I cannot leave you where you are. So where are you? Stop and think, where are you? As I was sharing with my group today, when we were in, 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 in the breakout session, and Margaret was leading, and I was saying to, to, to them that I have learned that for every time there is a demon in our lives, it is attaching itself to something else. They don't operate solo. They are not, they, they are not lone rangers the way we are. They attach themselves to something and they pull another one. So wherever there's shame, check it, there's guilt. There's, there's coming. Yeah, yeah. Check it what you're struggling with and think it is something that you need to hug up and hug to your heart and you hold it deep as if it is, it, it, it is the love of God. Check it, check it. You're not all so good. We're not all so good as we think. Because God, you know what God is doing to this retreat is overturning your plan to be able to control it. God is saying to you, I am in control, not you, Dr. Olive. That's right, that's right. Because I come with my pretty prepared message. And I can't use it, as tempted as I am. I can't use it. Because God is saying, okay, you want to be in control? You want to say that, oh, you spend the time and you want to feel good about yourself. You spend the hours and you work and you want to stop yourself. Spend the hours and I work and I share it with them. And I said, no, no, when I speak, I want to speak to my people on my own. Yeah. But what is the storm? What is the storm? So when we say, God, make me a vessel. And we cannot dictate even what the vessel look like, looks like. Because some vessel, we know the scriptures are for noble purposes. And some for unnoble purposes. Is unnoble right? Right? On is the right right and God is saying to us I, I have a different purpose for you what is he saying to you make me a vessel God now we sing the songs with such confidence make me a vessel make me an offering make me what, whatever you know to the word whatever you want me to be and we honestly don't think that because when it comes and it starts to crush and it starts to break What do we do? We cry out. We're the first to cry out. Lord, why, why me? Do you really care about me, God? Why didn't, why didn't you allow me to have what my sister over there have? You don't even know what your sister over there have. Not her stone, God. 
Yeah. yeah. And God is saying to you today, I want to make you a vessel. Very rarely do you see four people that you're close to going through the storm at the same time you're going through it. Mm -hmm. There's always someone who, who can encourage you. Yeah. All of us not drowning at the same time or feel like we're drowning. And that's why you cannot do it alone. We cannot walk alone. That's the lie of the, that's the enemy right there telling you that what you have been through is only you. Your little sin is unique to you. You're the only one, Veranda, who have ever done that sin. Nobody else have done it before you, and no one will do it after you. If only you, Veranda, have those thoughts. Oh, Veranda, how could you? That's the enemy and his condemnation. And God is saying, I will bring your thought life even to your other storm, so you can see what is inside of you. We can't blame anyone anymore. Oh, he made me do this. No, no, no. You can't do anything that wasn't in you before to do. How would you have known to do it if it was already there? For God wants to work on our storms today. I'm not going to pick on you again, Priscilla. <laughs> he wants to work on our storms. He really, truly wants to work on our storms. Because we have been crying out. We have been saying, Father, Sometimes I really genuinely think you don't care. Father, I've been going through this for so long. Especially financial debt, that's a big problem in the church. And as for eating, we overeat. We overeat and then we get sick. And then we pray and ask the Lord to heal. Heal us of diabetes, high blood pressure, and all the different sicknesses that the enemy can come. Because the enemy loves when we do things and he gets an opportunity to come. And then we said, God, do this, God. And God is saying, mm -mm -mm. stop eating so much. Stop eating all of those things that you normally eat. Wow. I remembered when I was diagnosed with gallbladder issue. And as much as I was trying to change the way I had to eat, or I was eating, I had to do the surgery. I prayed like there was no tomorrow. I fasted, I prayed, and the issue wouldn't go away. And, but you know what I learned from it? It's all them fried food that I was eating before catch upon me. And although I never had the weight to show that I was eating fried food, I loved the fried fish. Oh, yeah, I loved fried chicken. I love my fried Jamaican dumpling. And sometimes the things are happening in your life and God is saying, I cannot move it because if I move it, you're going to go back. There's not going to be a change. I will move this out of your way, but you're going to go back to the same lifestyle. Yes, yes. I said, it will bring things to cause you to change and desire to change. Check your storm. Check your storm. Watch your finances. Watch how you spend. Go to the supermarket like I know I have learned to do. Because having not worked for three years, you don't spend the way you used to spend. So I go and I sit in the car outside and say, Lord, show me what you want me to buy. And I'll go in and any day when they find, I find that they have two, two um, pineapples for 88 cents. I buy two and I yes. freeze, I peel it and I freeze one. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have peach, apple, pear, grapes. Mm 
melon at the same time in the house. No. I used to have things hot dog. If I didn't see that dog, everything in the house. And I'm, I've learned no. Yes, yes. God has taught me how to spend. He has made me experience such lack that I know how to spend. And I, and, and I watch my husband and I know the weight on him. Having to do all of this, taking up a woman who comes and sits on him. I don't have any children at home while I'm sitting down. Why am I sitting down at home? I'm sitting down because God said to me, no, you're not going out there to work. I'm going to teach you how to spend. I'm going to teach you how to submit to your husband and live from what he can provide for you. I'm going to teach you that you don't need a new blouse every time you're going out. So what is it that God is using your storm to teach you? I keep asking you the same question. What is it that God is using your storm to teach you? Because the storms are not there for, for no reason. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Remember, and if you remember Job's story, Satan cannot even come unless the Lord allows him. And if we work from that premise, if something is happening, God is saying, I have allowed it. Not only sometimes he allows it, but he brings it to you. He brought them, and we see, he brought them, he brought them to the storm. Jesus, was, Jesus is all-knowing, you know, remember. And if he's all-knowing, he would have known that at that particular time of the day, there was going to be a storm. But yet, he brought them. He said, let us go over. And the obedient disciples that they were, they, they quickly went. Yeah. And maybe one of the reasons why they cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, teacher, don't you care? Because they're saying, but we are of the assumption that once you're a believer, storms shouldn't affect us because Come we belong to the King of Kings. And he said, no. As a believer, that's exactly when the storms are going to come at you more. Expect storms. They are unavoidable. They are inevitable. What you say? They are, although they seem unbearable, God says, I have control over them. Once I use them to work and accomplish my will in your life, that storm will be over. You're ready for the next. Because I was thinking about it. I asked a friend of mine the other day. I said, okay, in Jamaica, we have storms. Well, storms come by name. A, B, like I said earlier. Can you remember a storm that began with an A? What is a B? Because after the storm is gone, unless it is devastating, did that, I mean, major impact, you don't even remember it. Do you remember everything that was done to you? No. But it teaches you, though, you thought you learned something from it. Because you have, if you never have learned, you'd be going back to that storm. Let's check your storm. Check your stones. Watch your response. You say, Lord, I trust you. You are good. Lord, I trust you. Wherever you lead me, I will follow. And as the storms come, you're the first to bail. The first to jump out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the example of how a storm is treated in the way that he wants to get us. We should rest and sleep in the storm, knowing who our anchor is, knowing whom in whom we trust and serve, knowing who leads. 
Check your stuff. They tell a lot about you. They reveal that so much about you. They reveal so much about you. Your job, your, your supervisor, annoying you, more than likely you think that you are better than her. You are, be you are better for the job than she is. And you think, you know, I would have been done a better job. The praise and worship, as we mentioned earlier, I think Sister Violet mentioned it. The, the, it was a good message, it wasn't a bad message. You felt in your heart that like, I could have done a better job. And God is saying, okay. I could have done a better praise and worship. I could have done a better this. I could have raised my children better than my neighbors. If, it was, if, I, if I had a husband, some women would say, especially when they're single, I would have known how to treat him. I would have known how to be a better wife than my neighbor or my friend. Because you think that you have it. You think you have all the ingredients. I thought that all you have is little butter and the sugar which cannot make a, make, make a cake because it needs flour and it needs um, um, flour, it needs not only flour, it needs the spices and it needs all the eggs and it needs all of those. The right amount. The, and the right amount. Because too much of anything is spoils. So check your storm. Why do I respond this way? I remember when I was in construction, one of my workmen, he was working in a ceiling bed and he was working with a piece of metal and it connected to the, to the electric and he was there being ex what he, what did he, electrocuted. But he had something in his hand that he was drinking and he refused to let go of it because he, he was thinking about the money that he spent to buy it. And sometimes that is what happens to us. The storm is shocking you to death, but you refuse to let go of it because I spent all my time to get this. I worked so hard to get this degree. I worked so hard to have these children. I worked so hard to own this house. I worked so hard, and you refuse to let go of the thing that God is telling you to let go. Because you did so much work in having it. And it is killing you. And I've never seen credit cards. Because in Jamaica, we have one credit card, you know. Over here, they kill you with it. Every minute you see coming in the mail, you are qualified. And when you have no control, you apply for them and, and you swear it's your money. It's not your money. It's the gear that got to, to get into that place where you are now dependent upon the system. And then, and then here, your credit score is so important. And God said, okay, look, I'm, and look I'm going to watch them take all those unnecessary cards and shop July 4th. Shop for Black Friday. Shop because they need to have this. Shop because they need to have that. And watch them come and say, Father, don't you care that I have all these debts? Don't you care that I can't pay my mortgage because of debts? Don't you care that the, that the debtors are calling me or the creditors are calling me or whoever they are are calling me? Don't you care, Father? And he said, I've watched you respond to capital capital with the company capital capital one discovery or discover card all of them if city bank not so bad because they're not so quick to give you one <laughs> but think about it and we have allowed the enemy to come in and entice us in the area where we are in need and lack and god is saying i need to heal that 
Because if I don't heal that, you're going to destroy yourself. Yeah. Mm. Watch your storms. They tell a lot about you. They tell a lot about you. They show you how you respond. They tell you what, what God needs to be doing in you. And today, I just want us to stand. And I want, because even as I was speaking, God would have been showing you what you are going through. And what you have been praying about every single day. And actually, one of the things God taught me recently, he said, there are times when we pray about something. We don't pray by faith. We pray about it. We come to him every day, Father. And we pray and we pray and we, I, 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 and we, we, we think we're doing something good. But he said, no, you're praying in doubt. You're praying from a place of not believing that I can do it.
it's the worst thing. It took a life, right? We get, didn't give something an opportunity to come. And I remembered, and it, this didn't happen when I was unsaved. Very saved. And I remember going to the altar every Sunday. Because the worst thing is that you can't forgive yourself. Because you feel like what you have done is so bad that, oh God, God cannot forgive me for this one. So you have to go every Sunday and work it to get it. And like me, you may have done an abortion or you may never have done one. at it in terms of twofold. Twofold because God used them to restore me but at the same time he used them to show me that that's not what I wanted. And I remember the Lord showing going like this saying choose. Because you can't have him and you can't have me. And as much as he was promising marriage and his mother was into marriage and wanted me to marry her son I knew it was wrong because it was turmoil in my spirit and some of us we're having turmoil in our spirits because there's something that the Lord is saying I have to rid you off what is it that is happening to you this morning that the enemy thinks that he has a hold on you because you have kept it dark you have kept it as a secret listen I have killed because of an abortion I have killed I'm no different than a man locked away in the prison I took a life I have offered my body to be used by someone else. The temple in which God should have, should have abided, I have given. And I went through many storms. I remember every time I would go to church. And after leaving church, my phone would ring and there was the man calling. How was the service? God. And I was weak. How was the service? Because on this hand, I want God. But in the next hand, I want him because he came and he reaffirmed the areas in my life where my previous husband had damaged. And God is saying, you can't have both. Who would have known that I would be able to stand today and say to you that God can deliver you, God can set you free from your past. He can bring you through the things that you, you went through and he can say to you, they do not have to have any hold on you anymore. And some of us in the room this morning, today, things have happened to us. Things that we have control over and things that we never had any control over. And in our culture, we would say, old house come tumbling down. Because it cannot have termites eating out your doorpost and your roof and it remains solid. It can't. What is it that you have going on? Because today we're not leaving, you know, forget comfortable. We're not leaving, we're not having enough dinner until we do. We're going to address it. We're going to bring it before the Lord because you know what? You are not even ready for the next storm. So He can't even carry you deeper. Mm. He can't even go to the next level. He can't even go to mine for what is there because at the surface, you're still growing up. If you, if you knew about chicken, 
chicken have a way of picking the things off the surface. And so they pick off the, the rice grain or whatever scraping they are. But when you see it goes like this and it moves its beak side to side, it's going to another layer. It's breaking another layer of the soil to go for whatever particles are there. And then it goes deeper. Because the worm is there and he's going after the worm. And God is saying, I am going after the worm, the worm that you have lived with for so long and you have felt normal. It may not look like the things that, that Galatians write about. But they are the ones that are influencing everything that is in you and that you are doing. And the enemy comes and he attaches himself and he knows how to work. He doesn't have to throw you down on the ground. He doesn't have to allow you to do crazy stuff. But he knows when he gets in the corner what your thought life is. He can have you cussing out someone without using words from your mouth. But you did it perfectly in your mind. And God said, I, even that I will allow for you to see. But you are not been seeing what is happening. So I want you to stop and think. God, what is it that you are working out in me today? What experience have you had last week or this week? That if Jesus was standing beside you, you would have done differently. Physically there, you would have done differently. What response would you have had? Because it may not be sexual sin. Because we are all bigger women, only you. Because we are older women, so we may not say, okay, we will not do that. What is the sin? That is inside of you, that in away from the crowd, away from the eyes, Jesus alone can see it. And he knows what you're doing. He watches how you're responding. He watches your desires. You're asking for more, but he knows that it is stirred and promoted and motivated by greed. You want more, you want more, you want more because you are greedy. You eat, you eat, you eat because you've got me. What is it that is there? And Jesus is addressing it. So I want us to spend the time, sit, stand, wherever you find yourself comfortable. And say, so Lord, revealing me. Why would you bring me to this storm? What is this storm to manifest? What is this storm to address? What is this storm to bring about in me that you are saying, I need to heal? And today, not like me, you're not going to keep coming and dealing with it. Lord, take it and go away and pick it up back. And that's what I used to do. I used to go to the altar and I would bawl. I said, God, forgive me for the abortion. Bawl. And I get up and I pick it up back. And I go on with it again. And I come back the next one and I said, God, every message addressed abortion. And they never used the word. But because I was grieving, I was feeling so much regret, so much remorse, I was feeling so much, I was hard on me, I was not willing for God to forgive me. I would never accept this forgiveness because I wouldn't have forgiven. You know what? I wouldn't have forgiven you if you told me that you did it. And so I would harden myself the way I would have been hard on you. And God is saying to us today, the storms in your life, the zero, the, zero, the zero dollar account that you have, the overdraft, the credit card that they are calling you and telling you they can show you to merge two to pay for one. All of those storms are storms that you and I worked to get. And God is saying to you, I cannot get you out of that storm by just speaking to the, to the storm. I have to address the wind. What is the motive behind everything that you do? The reason why you do it. What is the trigger, trigger factor? 
in your life that is causing you to constantly be doing, be in debt, or to be whatever it is. And it may not, I don't know why debt keeps going in my head, but I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, to spend the time today and talk to the Lord. Talk to him about where you have been, Lord. I see the waves. I see the water coming over. I feel like I'm going to join. I know that the boat must capsize, God. I'm holding on because my personality says I need to think. My personality says, God, because why me, God? Why is not the other boat over there, God? And my personality says, no, I'm not going to join. I'm going to bail it out. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to bail it out. And God is saying that you cannot do it that way. You have to address the issue so that he can come. So we're going to be speaking to the Lord. I don't know what your storm is. And you may just, and you may think that, you know what, there's nothing happening now. But I can, I, can I guarantee by the end of this year, you will have something. You will have someone. You will have someone to rob. You will have something to happen. You will have something. But the master of the storm is saying, so I am here. And I will walk with you. I will show you the wind if you do not pay too much attention to the storm. I will show you that the wind is what is affecting the wave and affecting the storm. And he comes to walk with us. Jesus is Thank you. 